What's going on family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. If I could give you all a key, a series, a message that could unlock the following, improved physical, emotional, and social well-being, greater optimism and increased self-esteem, improved feelings of connection in times of loss and crisis, heightened energy levels, strengthened heart, immune system, decreased blood pressure. By the way, and as I mentioned, how many, just kind of show my hands if, this, if these things sound good to you, like this is something that you would want, okay. Improved emotional and academic intelligence, expanded capacity for forgiveness, decreased stress, depression, and headaches, improved self-care and greater likelihood to exercise. And wait, there's more. A stronger walk with Christ, the ability to see something bigger than ourselves. How many would want that key if I could give that to you? Okay, I'm gonna ask again because some of y'all, I don't, I don't see you with your hand up. I'm gonna ask you, how many would want all of those things I just mentioned to you? Okay, good, 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 good. Well, the reality is that all of these things are achievable with a little something called gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Three decades ago, uh, a psychologist and his team, Martin Seligman, they, they launched uh, what's called this initiative of positive psychology. Before, uh, before those years, the only research and study that was done around feelings and psychology was around negative feelings, so depression and mental illness and trauma, addiction, stress. So it wasn't until this individual, his team, started to really want to discover the power of, of gratitude, of optimism, forgiveness. It wasn't until then that they began to do research, really intently researching people, and they discovered that gratitude, as small as you think that is, gratitude has the ability and the power to change your life physically, emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. And in 2007, Robert Emmons began researching gratitude through the psychological lens. So he was building on what was discovered during those years. Here's the thing about gratitude. Gratitude is the ability to feel and express thankfulness and appreciation. If I were to ask you today, how grateful are you? I would be curious to hear your answer. Let me ask you this question. If you woke up this morning today with only the things or the people that you thank God for yesterday, what would you wake up with today? Let me just smile at y'all. Can y'all smile back at me? Let me know you're not upset with me. Is it all right if I preach and teach today? Can I preach and teach today? Okay, because some of y'all have faces like you want to jump me already, and I'm just two minutes into my message. And I want to let you know I still got a couple goons here with me in the house, so if you want to come at me, my goons, you already know what it is. Check this out. If you woke up today with only the things and the people that you thank God for yesterday, who would you have with you today? See, this research on gratitude was, uh, was just done three decades ago, and, and in 2007, they elaborated on that research. But the reality is that all throughout the scripture, God always challenged us to be grateful. And he always taught us on the power of gratitude. 
So throughout this month, what we're going to be discussing is the power of gratitude, the power of generosity. We're going to talk about how to truly live a blessed life. And so today I just have a couple principles that I want you to write down, I want you to take with you as we give the introduction of this series in order for us to live a blessed life. Because I'm going to ask again, how many of you want to live a blessed life? I just want to know I'm speaking to the right crowd. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm the first to raise my hand. Here's number one. I want you to write this down. In order for us to live a blessed life, the first thing that we must do is practice. It seems obvious, but we must practice appreciation. The scripture says in Psalm 118, 118 verse 24, it says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You must cultivate, in order for us to practice appreciation, we must cultivate a grateful heart daily. In other words, it's not enough to say, I already thanked God yesterday I don't need to do it today. No, today is a new day for us to thank God. Take advantage of the new day that you have. It's not enough to say, I already show, I've shown appreciation to my kids, to my wife, to my husband. I already did it last week. We went out for a date. I did it yesterday. It's not enough to say, I already, I've already done it. The reality is that every day we must cultivate a heart of gratitude. That means if you told your wife yesterday how much you loved and appreciated her, guess what? Do it today as well. If you told your husband yesterday or last week that you love and appreciated him, y'all went on a date night, you wore the outfit that he likes, and you said that was enough. No, you have to do it today again. It's not enough to say, I already came to church last week, but God wants to do a new thing. So on a new day, take the opportunity to say, God, I thank you today. I thanked you yesterday, and I prayed yesterday, but I'm going to do it today because daily we should be cultivating this heart of gratitude and appreciation. In order for us to live a blessed life, we must practice it on a daily because the scripture also tells us, and we don't have that on the screen, I just want you to listen. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Did you know that every morning you wake up, God has new mercies for you? Ain't that amazing? To know that the God that we serve every morning that we wake up, he's saying there's new mercy for you. There's grace for you. You may have had challenges yesterday, but today is a new day, a new opportunity for you to wake up and say this is the day that the Lord has made. Here's our challenge. So many of us waking, wake up and the first thing we do is as we check our phones and the weather and we say it's going to be a bad day. The first thing we do before we thank God, we look, on, we look at our emails, we look at social media, how many likes did we like before we thank God, now realizing that God gave you the breath to wake up. 
I know you're not catching it. I know. <laughs> I know. That's all right. That's all right. Because I've done it too. I know you've done it because I've done it too. First thing you do is reach for your phone so you can just check what's going on in the world before thanking God. And I want us to shift our attitude and our mindset that every morning that we wake up, we look at it as an opportunity to say, thank you, Lord, for a new day of life. God, I'm tired. I feel physically sick. God, I'm, I'm, I'm facing challenges at work. God, I'm looking at my wife, my spouse, my husband here. I, I'm thinking about the day and it's going to be a challenging one. But still, I thank you. That's cultivating an attitude of gratitude. Every morning that you wake up. See, the psalmist here, when he made this declaration, it was in a time where it was in a time where he was in war. It was a season of difficulty. It was a season of challenge. But yet his declaration was, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you know that I've been making this prayer for the last nine years every morning that I wake up? The first words, the first things I say out of my mouth every morning, and you can imagine in nine years, I have wanted to give up on life in the last nine years. There have been seasons like that. I have been sick over the last nine years. I have been tired. I have gone through great challenges. I have gone through everything that you can imagine, but yet every morning that I wake up, I say, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And I say it a second time because you ever try to say something when you first wake up and you, don't, you know you don't really believe it because you're just waking up. Like you still, got, you still got crust in your eye. You got morning breath and you just want to fall back at your morning breath. You just all these things in the morning. And, 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 so I say it two times to make sure that I hear myself repeat that. I say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Because it's got to be a choice. It's got to be a commitment. It's got to be something that you are intentional about cultivating. If you realize that God has been so gracious to you, if you realize all of the blessings that you have in your life, if you realize that every morning that you wake up, God is already waiting for you to wake up and he's saying, I'm going to bless you today. I'm going to be with you today. When you, go, when you go to your job, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to strengthen you. If you only realize that, that will give you a reason to say, God, I thank you. Every Sunday that I come here and you see me up in the front and I'm lifting my hands, it's not only because I'm the pastor. If I wasn't the pastor, I would still be in the front row lifting my hands because God has been too good to me. For me to not say, God, I thank you. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. I don't care how I feel. I don't care who is speaking against me. I don't care what the challenges are. God deserves praise and glory above every and any circumstance. So I say today is the day that the Lord has made. But to get there, it's a challenge. I know. To get there is a challenge. And that's why you have to practice it. Before you become proficient in anything, before it becomes a lifestyle, you have to practice it. You have to be intentional. Did you know that research shows that humans have anywhere from, from 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day, and if allowed, 80% of those thoughts can be negative. 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day that you have. As I'm preaching here, you have hundreds of thoughts going through your head. That's why, that's why we could get lost and, 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 we, and we don't focus on the word. That's why I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bring you back. Because you can have all of these thoughts and if you allow it, 80% of those thoughts can be negative. So that means that you have to be overly intentional about your gratitude. 
If all of these thoughts can be negative, then you have to combat that negativity. You have to combat that anxiety. You have to combat that depression with gratitude, reflecting what has God done in my life? What has God blessed me with? Look at the people that I have. I may not have everything. I may not have all the resources. I may not have all the money. I may not look the way I want to look. I may not have the job I want to do. But still, God, I thank you. Cultivating an attitude of gratitude. And the thing is this, not only is it important in your relationship with God to cultivate gratitude, you need it in your relationships. The biggest cause of divorce, of separation, is a lack of gratitude toward one another. The breakdown in communication, the breakdown in challenges of financing, the breakdown in intimacy and lack of connection comes anytime when you don't appreciate the person that you have beside you. And you can take advantage or take for granted the people, the friends, the relationships, the jobs, the blessings that God has placed right in front of you because you're too distracted looking somewhere else that you don't appreciate what you have here and now. You can take this church for granted. You can take your spouse for granted. You can take all these little things. When you come in through these doors, you can't take for granted that you have people out there in the lobby that are greeting you. You can't take that for granted because you don't know what challenges they have, but yet they say, I'm going to be up in the front and whoever comes through those doors, I'm going to greet them with a hug, with a a handshake. I'm going to greet them with a smile. You can't take that for granted. You can't take for granted that when we come here Sunday after Sunday, we have the same group that is committed. They're sick, they're tired, and you don't know the challenges that they go through, but they're here playing and worshiping and praising God so we can celebrate with songs and worship and praise. And you can look at it and say, they're not singing a song that I like. Matter of fact, I don't know any of those songs, so you just sit there. I know I'm getting in your business. I'm not looking at you. I'm looking straight ahead because I... Because I'm going to talk about it. You can take that for granted until you go somewhere else and be like, what? There is no place like Hope Center. You can't take that for granted. You can't take the amazing leadership that we have here. And and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about everybody else that that is committed here. That that you can bring your children here and and, and with trust and confidence say, we're gonna leave them in kids ministry. You don't know what what they're going through, but yet they've committed. They committed to serve. They committed to give their hearts and they do it with passion. They do it with love. You cannot take these things for granted. You cannot go a day without saying to your your significant other, if you're you're in courtship, if you're in in marriage, you you can't go a day without saying, you know what, I appreciate you. I ain't do nothing. Still, I love you. I appreciate you. You can't take for granted the wonderful people that God has 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 with. See, we get so cut up, but 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 I don't but I don't have the group of friends that I would like. But if God gave you one person, that is enough. If, if, if God has been, I don't have the job that I want. See, that's when we start getting in and grat- I, I'm not there where I want to be. We know that you're not there where you want to be. But practice gratitude in the season you're in so that when you go to the season you want to get to, you'll be able to appreciate what this season back here. You know, I used to take, I used to take culinary arts. Y'all didn't know this. Your pastor wanted to be a chef back in the day. 
Don't ask me to make you nothing. I won't make you, I won't make you a thing. I, I, I'll make you a bowl of cereal. <laughs> I, I know the right proportion between cereal and milk because you can mess that up. I mean, like, I'm, I'm joking, by the way. Y'all are taking me serious. I used, to, I, used to want it, I used to want to be uh, a chef uh, in food management, culinary arts. I, if you go to my mother's house, you'll see they have me plastered with my, with my chef suit, and I'm there holding a plate of food because they, they put me on a magazine. The whole thing, listen, it was crazy. Long story short, the Lord called me. This, I, that wasn't my calling. This is what I needed to be doing, so the God removed me from that. But there was something that I, that, 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 that I learned when, when, when I was in culinary, and it's this, that... that you can watch something uh, beginning a process of, of making or preparing a meal and then get it at the end. But you know, it's, it's, it, the, real, the real beauty of it, it's everything in between. The real beauty is when you're, when you're burning your hands. <laughs> when you're there and you, and you have the music playing and you're dancing and you're enjoying yourself, it's a process. And, and so many people and so oftentimes we become ungrateful because we already want the finished product not realizing that the beauty is when you're preparing the meal it's the same way with life we become ungrateful because we're not in the place we want to be but God is challenging you today to cultivate and value and honor and have a heart of gratitude in the season that you're in it's so easy to be negative. At the beginning, can I be honest with you all? Transparent? Can I have a transparency moment? Is it all right? Y'all promise not to judge me? All right. So at the beginning of the year, I told myself, I said, I'm going to start a gratitude journal. How many, how many ever tried that? Okay, let me tell you what a gratitude journal is. Uh, January 1, a gratitude, my, the goal was for every day to write a few sentences of what I was grateful for that day. And then the goal was by the end of the year, be able to see 365 entries of what I was grateful for, for, you know, when the challenging days present themselves, I could go back and say, oh, I was grateful for this. Oh, look what God did. There. And can I tell y'all, I went strong for a month. <laughs> I went strong for a month and I, and, 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 and I haven't gone back since. I, I, my intention is to revisit that. Uh, but here's the thing. What that made me reflect on is we begin something and we're excited and we're grateful, but then when life hits you, that excitement, that gratitude begins to diminish. Now, not that I would do this, but I could imagine that if I were to have a journal of all the negative things that happened to me in 2018, I would have all the journal entries. Because it's so easy to just be like, well, this happened, this person said this, they looked at me like this, I was discouraged by this. You can just, I mean, it's just easy. That's it, that easy. And cultivating gratitude is much more challenging. But God wants to let you know today that with his spirit, he will give you the power and the strength for you to cultivate this gratitude. How do I know that? For all the believers, you are at an advantage. If you're not a believer, you haven't given your life to Christ, I'm so glad that you're here. God brought you here with purpose. God brought you here uh, not by coincidence, but he wants to speak to you because he wants to get a hold of your heart. But here's the thing. For all of those that have said yes to Jesus, God, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. He gives us the gift of his spirit, and we can't take that for granted. Look at what the scripture says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Look what the scripture says. But the fruit of the spirit, watch this, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no 
law. Amazing that when you gave your life to Jesus, he gave you the gift of his Holy Spirit, and his Holy Spirit places this seed in your heart, in your mind, and that seed has the ability to produce all of these aspects of the fruit which are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You cannot take that for granted. You must cultivate that seed that you have within you now that you are a believer because God's goal for you is to be able to experience and live out all of these things. This is not a theory. This is not a thing that we just read. God wants you to live with joy. I don't know if you knew that. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have love. He wants you to have patience, forbearance. He wants you to have kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All of that is already within you, but we've got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit for those things to bear fruit in our lives. Now, is it all right? Can I teach a little bit? I want to know if y'all are doing okay. Are y'all doing okay? All right. Uh, I want to just teach a little bit on what these things are. Joy, because here is the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy is that when you're a believer, you will live a life of gloom and misery. I rebuke that. The devil is a liar. When you are a believer, God has promised to give you joy. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Here we are, the psalmist declared, today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. That means that above any circumstance, you can have, when you are in tune with the Spirit of God, when you are asking the Holy Spirit to give you joy, he's saying, I can give you joy that is unspeakable. I can give you a joy that doesn't come from earthly things, but comes from my spirit. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace. This peace is not a peace that the world gives. The peace of God is one that says, not only do you have the peace of God, but you are in peace with God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. See, before Jesus, you and I, we had an issue with God. There was a disconnect, but Jesus said, I'm going to stand in the middle. I'm going to be the bridge. I'm going to be the gap. I'm going to be the ones to bridge this relationship so everyone in this room could experience peace. Is there anybody that would like some peace in your heart and in your mind. The Spirit says, I can give you peace. And then there is patience, or this word long-suffering, which means that God has, will give you the ability and the strength to have joy, love, and peace for a long period of time when people and circumstances annoy you. Anybody ever gone through an annoying season? <laughs> Anybody ever met somebody annoying? Don't, don't just, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> That long-suffering, that, 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 that's another word for patience, forbearance. That word there means inability to bear adversity, adverse, uh, adversity, injury, reproach, and be patient to wait out in the long haul. Can I tell you what the enemy, and, and I, and I want to I throw this out there because, you know, for a long time in the church, you will always hear, whether it's pastors, a lot of churches, they will give the devil too much credit. Everything was the devil. You got to call, <coughs> that's the devil. You got to rebuke that. No, you went outside without a, a jacket. Uh, uh, the devil attacking my finances. No, you're using your credit card and you're not putting any money and you, back into you. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the devil attacking my marriage. No, you're not having any dates. You're not talking to your spouse. It's not the... You're not communicating. He's like, 
So for a long time, whether it's the church pastors, they gave the devil too much credit. I don't subscribe to that. I don't give because the Bible declares that when you are a believer, that the enemy is defeated. He is under our feet. So I don't live in fear of what the enemy can do because I believe I'm covered by the blood of the lamb. But here is the thing. It is important to be aware of the schemes of the enemy. Regardless of whether you're a believer or not, be aware of the schemes of the enemy because when you come to Christ, you will have a target on your life and the enemy will want to discourage you. The enemy will want to take your joy. The enemy will want to take your love and he will try to rob you of your peace. That's what it says in John 10, that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord has come that he may give you life and life more abundantly. So the reality is, although we are, we are covered and we are protected and we are in Christ, but the reality is that the enemy is still on a mission to take away your peace, your love, and your joy. That's why I've heard that testimony. Pastor, it wasn't until I really started committing to God that things started getting real in my life. You ever heard somebody say that? I mean, I was fine when I was out there wilding out, but as soon as I wanted to start coming to church, everything started coming downhill because the enemy wants to distract you and tell you, go back to the place that you were. It's no use for you to come to church. It's no use in praying. It's no, see, those are the lies of the enemy. And in fact, if anybody is going through that in this season right now, I rebuke the lie of the enemy and I declare that the devil is a liar, that you have purpose, that you have life in abundance, that you have love, peace, and joy in your heart. Do not believe the lies of the enemy. Here's the thing, you've got to be aware. And the lie that the enemy will tell you is that when you're in a season of long suffering, you're suffering for a season. The lie, the lie is that you're not loved. There is no peace. There is no hope. There is no joy for your life. And in those seasons, what God wants you to realize that is, that is that whenever you're going through a season of suffering, of trial, and, you, and still you say, I don't care what I'm going through, I'm still going to practice gratitude. There's nothing that makes the enemy more mad than that. Then when you come to church, knowing that you're facing challenges, but you say, I don't care what I'm going through, today I'm going to lift my hands and worship God. Today I'm going to sing to God. Today I'm going to pray. Today I'm going to practice gratitude. There is nothing that accepts the enemy more and confuses the enemy more than you saying, I have joy in the midst of my storm and my trial. That's long-suffering. Kindness, goodness. Goodness has to do with generosity, faithfulness, the ability to be reliable. Can you be reliable? Gentleness, not having a superior attitude, but with humility everywhere that you go, walking with humility. Gentleness, which is not what, what we would think when we hear it. It's, it's simply saying, I value, highly value those around me. Self-control, these are all things that the Spirit has given within you. And in order for us to cultivate gratitude, we have to appreciate the gift of the Spirit. You, I don't know if you knew that. You had all of these things living inside of you, and you're here with, with, this, with this power and, and the fruit of the Spirit, and you're not cultivating it. And you're not living in peace, and you're not living in joy. You're not living in love. You're not living with patience and long-suffering and gentleness and kindness and goodness. But the reality is, the Bible is telling you that when you connect with the Spirit, when you're in tune, here, how do I do it, Pastor? Every time that you come to this place, that, that those seeds are being cultivated. Every time you're at home and you set a little time aside so you can read a verse or you can pray and connect with God. Every time you're in a trial and you say, God, here is my heart. Holy Spirit, help me. Anybody ever had to pray that prayer? Holy Spirit, help me. 
When you have kids, you're going to pray that prayer often. Holy Spirit, anybody ever say, Lord, hold me back? (laughs) And when you said that, don't you feel something holding you back? (laughs) That's the Spirit of God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will put a hold on you. What is that hold? It's called conviction. It's called an arrest of your heart because he's saying don't go down that path because you're going to compromise. You're going to go back to the place that you were. But he's saying practice patience, practice love, practice long-suffering, practice kindness, practice goodness. It's in your heart. It's in your heart. It's right there. That's the fruit of the Spirit. But the only way, some of you are saying, Pastor, that is impossible. You don't know what I go through. Impossible when you're doing it with your own strength. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Am I preaching to anybody in this place? Is this helping anybody in this place? All right. I want to move forward. Let me give you you this third thing. You've got to appreciate the gift of forgetting. You've got to appreciate the gift of forgetting. Pastor, what are you talking about? Look at what Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Amazing that the Apostle Paul, who always wrote from such spiritual maturity and purity and integrity and power, we might expect him to have reached perfection in his spiritual walk. But what he's saying here is, brothers and sisters, I want you all to know, I'm in the process with you. How many know this spiritual walk is a journey? It's not a one-way street. It's a journey. There are detours. There are ups. There are downs. Red lights. Stop lights. Yield lights. There's, there's all types of detours in it. He's saying, I don't want you to get the impression because I'm powerful, because I'm one of the greatest apostles, that I have taken a hold of it. What is he talking about? He's talking about perfection. He's saying, I haven't reached it yet. But here's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Do you know what can take away your gratitude when you're stuck on what happened in the past? When you, when you, you can get stuck in the past, whether good or bad, because sometimes you can look at the past and, look, and say, it's not how it used to be. It used to be good. And it's, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. And you can get stuck in that place. You can get stuck with resentment. You can get stuck with unforgiveness. You can get stuck with all of these things. And so, and that will take your gratitude. There is nothing that will take your gratitude more than whenever you look at somebody and as soon as you see them, all you remember is the pain that they caused you. There's nothing that will take away your joy more than that. You ever walk into a room and you're joyful, you're excited, you're happy, and as soon as you see somebody who says something about you, am I the only one? Okay, okay, I, I, I know I'm talking to, to the right church. And as soon as you see, it just takes away. See, when you hold on to those resentments, it will take away your gratitude. When you hold on to unforgiveness, it will take away your gratitude. So, pastor, what is the word here? Forget it. Forget it. I've had couples come in to, for counseling, and I've sat down with them, and they'll say, pastor, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. You can't forgive unless you forget. 
Because so long as you don't forget and you have a tally of all the wrong, you're going to pull it out whenever it's convenient. That's not true forgiveness. How do I know that? God doesn't do that with us. When God forgave us, he said, flaws and all, I'm going to forget it. Flaws and all, I'm going to receive you. I'm going to love you. Some of y'all saying, Pastor, where does that come from? Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12. For I will forgive, God is saying, their wickedness and remember their sins no more. God says, I cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. So if God can forgive you with all of your issues, with all of your flaws, with all of your wrong, how can we not cultivate and practice a lifestyle of forgetting as well? I can't live life in peace if I'm holding on to all the resentment. As soon as you wake up, when you got that unforgiveness and resentment, that's the first thing you think about. You're, you're having a good moment. As soon as you got that thought, it will take you out. Anybody know what I'm talking about in this place? Because you're holding on to it, and whenever you hold on to it, you will stay stuck. So he's saying, in order for me to push forward, he's saying, I'm in this journey. In order for me to push forward, in order for me to strain and press towards the mark of the goal that is in Christ Jesus, I have to forget what is behind me. The reason he was saying that is because he was persecuted in his faith. He was talked about. He was mistreated. And so long as the apostle Paul was holding on to those things, he would never accomplish what God had for him. So what does God want to tell you today? Just forget it. I want to show them, pastor, all you're doing is hurting yourself. I'm going to give them this. I'm going to keep the same energy they're giving to me. Unforgiveness, as I've mentioned here from the front, is wishing someone would die and you're drinking the poison yourself. It does nothing for you when you hold on to the experiences, the pain, the bitterness of the past. You will never be able to live a life of gratitude. But when you say, God, regardless of what I've gone through, I'm pressing towards the mark. I'm pressing towards what you have for me. I'm not focused on what was done. I'm focused on where I am right now and what you're getting ready to do in my life. Because can I tell you, there's a reason why there's a big mirror in front of you and a tiny rear view mirror. So long as you're looking at the tiny rear view mirror and so long as you're focused on that, you're always going to crash. But there's a reason why you have that big mirror to see what's ahead of you because what's ahead of you is great. And God wants to tell you that the only reason you should look back is to be able to say look how far God has brought me but I'm not stuck in the past I am moving ahead I am moving forward I'm pressing towards the mark that is in Christ Jesus I'm gonna end with this until you learn to be grateful for the things you have you will never receive the things that you want Until you learn to be grateful for the things that you have, you will never receive the things that you want. Can somebody give me my bag? Where's my bag at? There's so many things for us to be grateful for, and those things can really ruin our, our relationships, really take away our peace, really take our joy, really take away our love. You ever met people that 
you walk into a place and you're excited and you're joyful and all they do is this. They just want to kill your joy. See, God wants your life to be full. Your relationship to be full. Your spiritual walk to be full. Your dreams, your vision to be full. But many, because of lack of gratitude, are living their lives like this. And as soon as a challenge comes, and as soon as someone says something about you, as soon as the discouragement, all it does is this. In order for this to be full, you, you've got to fill it with, with air, oxygen. In order for you to live a full life, you've got to constantly invest and pour in gratitude. The highest, the highest way to express or, or, or show gratitude is by honoring. And when, you, and when you fill your marriage with gratitude, when you fill your spiritual walk, when your relationship with Christ and your children's life, when you fill it with gratitude, you will see it, you will see it grow, evolve, become full. But you don't know how many families I've seen because of a lack of gratitude. Sorry about that. How many ministries, pastors, are like this because of lack of gratitude? So what I present to you today, and as we venture in this journey of talking about gratitude and generosity, that you open your heart. But pastor, you don't know what I've gone through. It's hard for me to be grateful. But see, so long as you're holding on to that, you're going to stay stuck. But I've been trying, but I've been doing this, but gratitude. I'm not where I want to be, but God, thank you that I'm not where I used to be. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm struggling because my spouse, they just don't get it. But are you filling it with gratitude? I'm telling you, I'm, I challenge you this week. If you, if, you, if you express gratitude more than you complain, see what happens to your relationships. If instead of panicking and worrying and complaining, you practice gratitude and say, God, thank you. Because I'm in a season of trial and difficulty. The more you will see that your heart will become full, your spirit will become full, you will live the blessed life. My challenge to you this week is this. Just spend one day, I want you to try it out this week. One day out of this week where you don't complain at all. <laughs> I used to do this challenge. My team that have been with me for years, they know I've always used to do negativity free for three. We used to do, we, we try to do that once a month or for three days. I'm not even going to try three days because I know you're going, I know, I know you. I know myself. Try one day. You may think it, is it, Pastor, does that mean I'm not going to be? No, you're going to think it. I'm talking about don't say it. Lord, these children get on my, no, praise the Lord. God, thank you for my children. You ain't washed the di dishes. Uh, you know what? I appreciate you. You look at your coworker and they, and they messing up with this. Both. 
Try, just try it out for one, how many are gonna try this out for, for, for one day? I wanna see, I wanna see. And, and next week, I wanna, get the, I wanna get the reports. I want you to tell me how it went. But be honest, be transparent. But I want you, to, from the morning that you wake up, say, God, this is the day you have made. I will rejoice, I will be glad in it. Give me the strength. Holy Spirit, help me. You can't do it on your own. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, strengthen me. Help me to not see people through my eyes because I want to... I want to kill somebody when I look in through my eyes. Give me your eyes with love, with joy, with compassion, with gentleness, with kindness, with goodness. Help me to see with the eyes. Help me to serve people with my hands. Help me to be your feet and wherever I go that you lead me, that you, be, that you bless me to be a blessing, that you send me to be a light wherever I go just for one day. And I'm going to hear those reports. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience, but let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at my Hope Center. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.